This is our lesson that we that we are handing out to you right now. Walking the King's Highway, I want you to turn with us to Numbers 20 and 14. Israel's traveling through the wilderness. This is when Israel is traveling through the wilderness. And they're walking the King's Highway. This is a map that I'm going to show you here of that part of the world. And uh, they tell me that men like maps, women are not that interested in it, but whatever. This is Egypt here. This is the Mediterranean Sea, all the blue. This is Egypt over here where my pen is. And uh, this is the Sinai Peninsula here. Now, way down at the bottom down here, i push that up a little. Right here is Mount Sinai, way down here at the bottom. This is where the Lord gave to Israel the law. Now, they came out of Egypt, came down here, crossed the Red Sea. The Lord rolled back the waters. They came down in through here. And when they got to Mount Sinai, the Lord gave them the Ten Commandments from the mountain. They said, don't speak to us anymore. Just give it to Moses and we'll receive it from him. So the Lord gave them the tabernacle plan. He also gave them uh, the, uh, the people that knew how to, that he would give them the knowledge and ability to build, make the tabernacle plan, make it, make the tabernacle. And also the, the laws, 600 and uh, I think it's 813 of them. I think I got it right. Anyhow, uh, the laws that the Lord gave to Israel to what thou shalt do, what thou shalt not do, and so forth. And then from there, they went up to Kadesh Barnea here to go into Canaan's land, and the spies spied out the land and said, we can't do it. And they turned, they turned back from the Lord, and the Lord said, because you would not go into Canaan's land, that I have promised you you're going to wander in the wilderness for a while. After they had wandered for 38 years, they decided now, the Lord decided it's time to go into Canaan's land, and they came over here to the edge with the intentions of going up on the east side of the Dead Sea here. The Dead Sea is this. You can't see it because it's blue right here. But it, they come up on the east side up here right to this point and come across over to Jordan. And this is where the Lord was intended to take them. But they had to go through a land called Edom right here. And this is where our text is going to bring us here. Edom were the descendants of Esau. Esau was the brother to Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Esau was supposed to have been the righteous seed, but he rejected Christ. Or not Christ, but he rejected God and the God of Abraham. And so consequently, he lost out with God. And, uh, and Jacob was chosen by the Lord to become, and it was always said, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Esau was the father of the Edomites, and they settled in this area right in here. And uh, it, I will, I've been to that land, and it's very interesting where they were. There's a valley in there that they lived in, very secure. Well, they had a land here, and the Jews had come wandering. Now, they were going to come up through here, and they just wanted to go past Edom. Now, this is where our text picks us up here. I want you to look at this very closely with me at our first scripture here. Look at, uh, we're looking here at Numbers 20 and verse 14. I'm going to read 14 and then over here to 17, 14. I'll read all of them. And Moses sent messengers from Kadesh unto the king of Edom. Thus saith thy brother Israel, thou knowest all the travail that hath befallen us, how our fathers went down into Egypt. I'm reading the 15th verse. 
And we have dwelt in Egypt a long time, and the Egyptians vexed us and our fathers. And when we cried unto the Lord, verse 16, they heard our voice and sent an angel and hath brought us forth out of Egypt. And behold, we are in Kadesh, the city of the utmost of thy border. We're right at your border now. Now look what they say in verse 17. Let us pass, I pray thee, through thy country. We will not pass through the fields or through the vineyards. Neither will we drink of the water of the wells. We will go by the king's highway. The king's highway was a traveling route that went through that part of the world and country that time. We will not turn to the right hand or to the left hand until we have passed through. And verse 18 says, And Edom said unto them, Thou shalt not pass by me, lest I come out against thee with the sword. And they would not go by and so uh, what happened was that the Jews turned away then. They would not, they turned back and they could not go. Because the Edom said, you can't go that way. So they went back and, and then a little later on, they came to what was called the Amalekites. Now, I'm going to have you turn, if you would, over with me to, uh, to Numbers 21. And uh, the Amorites, I mean. Uh, chapter 21, verse 21. And that's the, this is the next part of our scriptures. I won't show, I won't show you the map anymore. But anyhow, this was the next place that they went to that they tried to pass. And this is chapter 21, verse 21. I'll read 21, 22. And Israel sent messages unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through thy land. We will not turn into, into thy fields or into thy vineyards, we will not drink of the waters of the well, but we will go along by the king's highway until we be past thy borders. Again, now, they're just asking all we want is to go through. We're not going to take anything that's yours. We don't want anything that's yours. We just want to pass through to get where we have to get to go in and possess Canaan's land. Then they say all of that and so forth and said, we will pass by the king's highway until we reach the borders. And verse 23, and said, Sihon would not suffer Israel to pass through the border. In fact, this king of the Amorites said, not only we will not let you pass through, but we're coming out against you with a sword. We're going to fight you. And when they did, Israel said, okay. And they said, Israel buckle on the sword. And they went against, this, went against them and fought them and overcame uh, the Amorites here and the uh, and, and defeated them, and then they were able to pass through their borders without any obstacles. And that's how that happened. But I'm only pointing out that out because I want to talk to you about we as God's people are just passing through this world that we're in. We're not living here. This is not our home. We're just here. Uh, they left Egypt behind. They faced hostile lands, desert places, hostile people, Israel did. And they had to stay focused on their goal. And their goal was Canaan's land. And in this is a type of you and I on our way to heaven. We have a, a land that God has promised us. I say a land. We call it a land. It's a place where God has promised us that if we will be faithful to him, walk with him, serve him, live for him one day, we will, we will see the promised land, if I can call it that. That is the heavenly one. And I'll give you some scripture on that in just a moment. But I just want you to know here today 
that the world sometimes will throw all kinds of obstacles at your way. But you always say this, we don't want anything that you have. We don't want the world, the spirit of the world, the spirit of the age. You can have all your, your honky-tonks. You can have all your drinking parties. You can have all your nightclubs. You can have all of your, 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 your bars. You can have all this worldly stuff. Praise the Lord, but we're just passing through, amen, because one day the Lord is going to give us that that's going to be the greatest and the best of all things. Praise the Lord. And I thank God for all of that. Uh, the Lord promised Abraham something very good. I'm going to jump down here, uh, down to B here real quick, our journey. But I want to talk to you about Abraham for a moment because Abraham had to pass through some things. Look at Hebrews 11:8, and I'll show you what... What blessed this man? Hebrews eleven eight. I love this scripture here. By faith Abraham, when he was called, this is going back now even before Moses and the children of Israel in the wilderness. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. He went because God called him. You and I were called of God out of the world, out of darkness, out of sin. It says, verse 9, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Of city? Abraham looked for a city. He knew that God had something prepared for him. He didn't know what it was, but he said, if God has prepared it, it's wonderful. It's great. It's magnificent. Whatever God has prepared, he looked for a city. And Abraham, in all of his travels around through Canaan's land, said that God has a city for me somewhere one day. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to go with me to Revelations for a minute. This is not in your scriptures, so this is for free. (laughs) I want you to go to Revelations for a minute. Praise the Lord. And look at chapter 20 and verse 2. 20 and 2. They'll put this on our overhead here. For you. Okay, Revelations 20 and 2. Look at this. And I, John, this is the, toward the end of the book of Revelation now, and John's talking about the wrap-up of all things. John, the, the uh, revelator, wrote the book of Revelation. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Prepare. This is the city that Abraham was looking for. Coming down out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned uh, for her husband. Look at verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Folks, that's what we have in store for us if we live for God. You'll go through trials and tests down here. And sometimes the world will say, no, 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 you can't go this way. No, no, no. I'm going to stop you from this and stop you from that. And they, they hinder you. But God, praise the Lord, has a plan. God has a plan for his people. And it goes on to say here that uh, the more crying, neither shall there be the more pain to the former things. But with verse 7, he that overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. And then the last verse is almost a repeating here of verse 2. I'm still here in Revelations 20, 20 and 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain 
and showed me that great city, that the holy, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. Praise the Lord. And so he's getting a vision. And then it goes on to say, verse 11, having the glory of God. And then it goes on describing this great city. And I won't go into the details because the entire 21st chapter here describes uh, the holy city. And when you get to chapter 22, you're at the last chapter of the book of Revelation. So this is what God has prepared for us if we walk with him and serve him and live for him. And the Lord wants us to love him with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Praise the Lord. And so we have to leave the world behind. I'm going to read one other verse of scripture. And that's one in 1 John that I'm going to talk to you a little bit from my heart here. Look at 1 John. This is about the world and this is where we are today. 2.9. But ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, that's us, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of thy visitation. One day I may talk to you and speak to you on when God visits the earth, when God visits man, the visitation of God. So he talks about the glory when God visits the day of his visitation upon us. And I am worried about America today because America is headed in a bad direction. And uh, all the sin that they're embracing and things that they're doing that's an abomination to God. God's word speaks very, very pronounced against it. And so far I won't get into detail. But I'm just saying that God, praise the Lord, has given us some wonderful hope. But we're only passing through. We're only passing through. Love not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man loves the world, love of the Father is not in him. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, the pride of life. These are of the world, not of the Father. And God wants us to love him, not the world. We're only passing through. I want to tell you a story here. Uh, when I was a student at the Apostolic Bible Institute in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, I think it was in 19, well, 1950, 1954, about that long, about that year. There was a man who came to St. Paul to speak. He came to dedicate his baby, his grandson. Came to Greta, dedicate his grandson to the Lord. And the man's name, of course, was Andrew Urshan. He came there. Andrew Urshan had been the previous pastor of St. Paul before Brother Norris. And so he was back to dedicate his grandson to the Lord in this church. And I was, at, I was in Bible school attending this church, Midway Tabernacle. The son, grandson, I may just throw this out for what it's worth, but the grandson that he came to dedicate was, uh, was uh, James Larson. James Larson, who now pastors in San Diego, California, and, and, and was a good friend of John Johnson. John Johnson was assistant pastor in Indianapolis under John under Brother Larson for some five years, and Sister Denise as well. He, he asked John to come there and be his assistant. But anyhow, getting back to Andrew Urshan, the, the, uh, the grandfather, 
He came to the Midway Tabernacle, and uh, he was going to dedicate his grandson. And while he was there, Brother Norris asked him to give his testimony. Now, I'm going to give that testimony to you because I heard it from him. Um, an amazing story. Now, listen closely to this because I've never, I, it's, it's, what I'm going to tell you is what he said. So it came right from him. It wasn't hearsay or stories down the line, but it was right from him himself. But he had been in America, I guess since about 1912, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he got a burden for Iran, the country he was from. Iran was called Persia back then. So he said, I'm going to go back to Persia and take the message of the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Take it back to my people. And so these other two guys said, we're going to go with you. So they started going back. They sent word to this little town in Iran saying, we're on our way, we're coming. The people in Iran didn't know who they were. They didn't know. Now, he was from Iran. He was from that little town. And his father was the pastor of a Presbyterian church in that city. But the town was mostly uh, Muslims. And there's a few Christians, and his father was the pastor of that church. And they heard that these men were coming. And they said, we don't want anybody else coming here with no new doctrine, no nothing, nothing. We don't want to hear it. And they kept hearing word, they're, they're within a week away. They're within three days away. They're in two days away. Finally, they were a day away. And they knew they were coming on the day of the next day. And the people got out at the edge of the town to stand there and see them come and say, we don't want you here. And they came walking down the road. Now, this is where Brother Andrew Irshin was from. And his mother was standing there. And they were all looking down the road, and she looked like this. And suddenly she jumped up and said, That's my son Andrew. I know by the way he walks. And she ran down there and embraced him, and everybody said, Oh, this is Andrew. This is one of ours. Oh, come in. They brought him into the city. And they said, We want a place that we can pray and fast for three days. And they got into a, into a house, and they prayed for three days and fast three days and said, God, pour out your spirit. Let people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And whenever they got through and they started preaching the gospel, his father, who pastored the Presbyterian church, was at one end of the, of the street, and he opened up a little tent meeting at the other end of the street and began to preach the gospel. And people began to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. People began to get healed. The city began to be converted, and finally his dad got converted, his mother got converted, the whole family got converted, and this whole city, a large, large group of apostolic Jesus-named people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, in 1914, World War I started, and when World War I started, which meant Germany and Austria was fighting against England, France, and Russia, and I forgot exactly all the exact borders, but I know that it was a similar borderline deal that was in World War II. But it was in World War I, and uh, it had just started. And when it started, the Muslim world, which was Iran, which was Iraq, which was, uh, which was Saudi Arabia, they declared holy war on all Christians. And what that meant was that if you kill Christians, you get double honors in heaven for it. So the Christians knew that their lives were in jeopardy and that the Muslims would begin to try to kill them. So Andrew Urshan said to all the people that were under him, 
we've got to leave now. We've got to leave. It's time to leave. I'm going to take you out of here, and I'm going to take you over to a country where that is a Christian nation somehow or another. So he said, okay. So they took him out, and they started leaving that area. And then the, the bombs started, and wars started, and there were bombs in there. As they went out of the city, they saw a bomb hit the church that they had been in, and it, and it blew up. So if they had stayed, they would have been, all, they'd have been dead there in that church. They started following Andrew Urshan. They had to go through Turkey. Turkey was a Muslim country. Now listen to me closely on this. And this is what Andrew Urshan told this story himself to, to us. He said that they, they came to the border of Turkey and they went on, they started getting, going across Turkey knowing that Turkey was very much against Christians. And he says that he and this large body of Christians entered into this big field. They started into it and started to go across it, walking. They were all walking, trying to get across Turkey now. And here they were, just noticed they were on their journey and all they wanted to do was just pass through, just pass through. And when they got uh, out into the field, they saw a cavalry, a Turkish cavalry, ride up on the opposite side of the field. And the captain of the cavalry drew his sword out. And they all drew their swords. And he knew it was all over with. He turned around to the people and he said, everybody, he said, kneel and pray. Like this, kneel and pray. Everybody knelt down and began to pray. They put their heads to the ground and began to pray. He turned his back on his crowd, faced the, the coming charging army of soldiers, this cavalry, charging at him, and he put his face to the ground and began to pray and say, God, receive our spirit. We know we're going to die. And he could hear the thundering of the hoofs, bum, 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 like that. And it got louder and louder. And any time he was expecting the sword to, to go through him or switch, take his head or something. And he was, he was waiting for it to happen, and he was praying. And all of a sudden, the hoofbeats got real soft and quiet, and it just stopped. And he says, very slowly, I lifted my head, and there is the cavalry standing in front of me. Every horse is still. And he said, there's the captain on his horse. And he said, he put his sword in his sheath, and he got off of his horse. And he said, I stood up. And the man walked toward me. I've never seen him before in my life. And he said, I stood up. And I walked toward him. And he said, the love of God came all over me for him. And all of a sudden, I loved this guy like he was a long lost brother. A very strange thing just came over me. And he said, I walked up and put my arms around him and hugged him. He said, I hugged the guy. And in that part of the world, they sort of kiss each other on the cheek, you know, a little love kiss. They you know, greet each other with a holy kiss. And he said, I kissed him on the cheek. And tears began to run down his eyes. And he said, where are you going? And they said, we're just trying to get through Turkey. We're not going to take anything. We don't want anything you've got. We just want to get through here. That's all. We're just trying to get through. And the man said to him, I will see that you get through. I and my cavalry." will lead you and guide you and protect you and all of your people and get you through this land and we'll get you to the other side and everything over to a Christian nation. And and this and this and it was committed. So here all of these walking Christians were going and this Calvary was in front of them and down beside them 
riding their horses with their swords sometimes drawn like they were ready to fight, but don't touch these people and everything and led them all the way across Turkey until they got to the other side. And then the man said, all right, you are in Christian soil now and uh, take care of blah, blah, blah. And they went on their way. But you see, that's the miracle of God. And he told this story. And he Now, when he got into these Christian nations, you know what he started doing? Wherever he went, he'd preach to them about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he began to baptize them in, G- in, in, baptize them in, in, in the titles because that's all he knew. He didn't know anything about Jesus and he baptized all he knew was about the Holy Ghost. And he began to baptize these Christians. Rebaptize them and pray for them. And they began to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And everywhere they went, there's a group of people that leave behind. And he had appoint somebody to be their overseer like a pastor. Take care of these people. Look after them. Help them to grow and help them to win more people to God. And receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God is pouring out his spirit all over the world. And he would teach that. He went through all these countries that he went through. You know, that he went through... Uh, Went through Macedonia, went through Serbia, went through Serbia, Macedonia, went through Croatia, and and into uh, even Ukraine, which is at war today with Russia, and was it was on their way to Russia, and they were going through. They were, and he had only gone just not too far in the very first of which was I think was either was either uh, Croatia or Serbia. Croatia and Serbia are two different countries today. They were one time one country. So it was in southern Serbia. But he was in southern Serbia there. And a man came to him to be baptized. He said, he said I want to be baptized. He said, okay, I'll baptize you. And the man said, but this is the way I want to be baptized. He opened his Bible to Acts 2.38, and he said, right here is the way I want to be baptized. Right here, I've been reading the Bible, and the early apostles baptized in Jesus' name. And you're baptizing in the titles, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And everything. And he turned over to Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Go, you know, all the world baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And that's the way he'd been baptized. Now baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. The man says, No, I want the name Jesus pronounced. The name of Jesus with the earth. And Brother Andrew Urshan said to the man, Come back tomorrow morning and I'll baptize you. And he left. And you know what Andrew Urshan did? He got by himself, got his Bible down, and he spent all night studying out the baptism. And he finally came to the realization that he had been wrong in the baptism. In Matthew 28, 19, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son. Oh, go, you know, all were baptizing in the name of the Father. So the name is what they had to be baptized in. That's why that early church all through the book of Acts baptized in the name of Jesus because Jesus is the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You read that scripture in Acts uh, 4.12. There's no other name given under men whereby we must be saved in the name of Jesus. No other name. It's got to be the name of Jesus. So he said, my Lord, these people haven't been baptized that I've been baptized and never been baptized right. Man came back the next morning. He said, I'll baptize you in Jesus' name. He baptized that man in Jesus' name. And then he baptized one of his other converts in Jesus' name. They baptized him in Jesus' name. They baptized each other. And then he went back to those other cities he had been through and rebaptized all those people that had received the Holy Ghost under him. He said, we've been baptized in the wrong way. I'm going to now baptize you this way. And he kept on going, kept on going, folks. This is Andrew Urson's personal story. This is his own story. He was telling this. And he said, we kept on going up through Europe, through Eastern Europe, walking, 
traveling, baptizing people, telling them. And so we're baptizing them in Jesus. They were repenting, baptizing them in Jesus' name. And they were receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And God began to pour out his work. And these people came to be known as Urshanites. Urshanites. They went into Russia. And they baptized these people in Russia. Russia at that time now, whether it World War I had started in 1914, in 1917, Russia came out with this communism in which they said that all men are common. They put out all religion out of there. But these Russianites did not leave the country and they did not identify themselves. They went like underground with their secret worship. And for years, for years, these Russianites continued to baptize people in Jesus' name and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost when N.A. Urshan, Andrew Urshan's son, who became our general superintendent and was so for about 25 years, whenever he went over to Russia, he found these, they called it, they said, you're Urshan. I'll show you some Urshanites. And they were Urshanites all over Eastern. You know, they're there today. There are hundreds of thousands of them baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'm just telling you here, this is what God's doing, praise the Lord, in our day. And God is with the church, but we have to say that we're only passing through. Praise the Lord. We're just going through this place. We're not going to take anything you've got. We don't want anything you have. Praise the Lord. We're just passing through. Amen. And so I'm just pointing out these things to you here that all these places, amen, that they went through. So they went through hostile lands. Uh, and I've talked to you about the church in Russia and Iran and Iraq. And ancient Nineveh, I'm talking to the, I've been telling you about uh, these, uh, these, all these people here. Ancient Nineveh, now, this, this is information that's come to us out of that Muslim country. Country where that they said that we're going to kill all the Christians. Now they've got Christian churches. We've got apostolic Jesus named churches in those places. And, uh, Brother Gary Reed was here, went to, not too, too many years ago in our church. And he was telling us about in the ancient city of Nineveh, which is in the country of Iraq. In the country, there are 600 saints in the church there, 600 of them. This is in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost filled people living for God, walking with God in a country that's, that's all given over to, to, uh, to the Muslim faith and the Muslim religion. And God is with them. God keeps his hand on them and God protects them. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm just trying to tell you here that God, it's doing an amazing thing. Uh, I was on a, a cruise ship a number of years ago. I, just, I don't know many. I don't know. I can't remember how long ago. But uh, we found out that there was a, a lot of people on board that ship that was uh, Pentecostal. They were having prayer meetings, prayer meetings. And some of our people went to their prayer meetings, and I went to one of their prayer meetings. At, it was at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's whenever the crew, the, the crew crowd that w- does work on the, in, in the cafeteria and in the, uh, on the, cleans the, your room and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a bunch of them were Holy Ghost filled, and I talked to one of them, and one of them was a guy that cleaned my room. And he said, yeah, he said, I've been to Iran. And he said, I've been baptized in Jesus' name full of the Holy Ghost. And he said, I can tell you a fact. He said that one of the wives of the, king of iran said she has the holy ghost and uh and everything and she was sick and was dying 
and, uh, and said, uh, I told her that I was working in the home, and I said, if you'll get somebody here that believes in Jesus' name, baptism, and has the Holy Ghost, they can lay hands on you, and Jesus can recover your sickness. Yes. And they got a, a preacher that was in that area. Now, this is all undercover. Right. We're just passing through, you understand? Right and uh, so he prayed for this, this uh, one of these wives of this Iranian this is in the country of Iran for this Iranian woman. Not in Iran, I'm sorry. It was a, uh, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Prayed for one of these uh, wives in Saudi Arabia. And she was healed instantly. Amen. And uh, so, so uh, later on, her husband asked her, said, you were sick and now you're not sick anymore. What happened? And then she says, if I tell you, you promise you won't do anything or say anything? He said, I promise. She says, because he was so happy that she had been healed. And he said, well, I had a, a Christian guy that uh, that prayed for me, and Jesus healed me. And he said, all right, don't say a word about this to nobody or nothing, but I won't say nothing, you don't say nothing, okay? And they kept saying, this guy was cleaning my room on a ship, and he's telling me all about it. I'm just saying, folks, that God is doing things in this world. Hallelujah. All over this world. We don't even know about it sometimes. God is moving. God is working. And I'm just telling you here today, don't let this old world pull you back out into that world. Don't let the, don't let the enemy say, oh, you know, the, the world is where it is and where it is. There's a lot of crazy things going in the world, but we're just passing through. We're only going through this place. We're like those Jews, praise the Lord, that were passing through. And I got those same scriptures that you had up here in the beginning, I got them down here that deals with us. We're just passing through. I don't have to read them, read them to you again. But we're just passing through. And the Lord wants us, praise the Lord, to say not love, not the world. And I quoted this to you a while ago, and this is in First John 2, 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, love the Father is not in him. For all that are in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. The, this is not of the Father, but of the world. That's what destroyed Eve in the garden. Right. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye. She looked at the fruit, desired it with her eye, lust for her heart, and she said, it'll make me proud. It'll make me wise. And so it was pride of life. Those three things destroyed her, and it brought sin into the world. And it goes on to say in verse 17, and the world passeth away. Look at that. The world passeth away. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God Abided forever. The world passeth away. And over in Second Timothy, the Paul writing to Timothy tells about different people that has been with him and worked with him and helped him preach the gospel and been by his side and a lot of the places he's been through. And then he made this statement, Demas, who was one of his great friends that stayed with him and was with him through a lot of his ministry. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And, and he went back to Thessalonica, which was a city that Paul had gone to. Thessalonica is today the second largest city in Greece, and it's called Thessaloniki. Thessaloniki. And uh, my son and I were there, and I've told this before, but I'll throw it for a while and give it to you for what it's worth. But we were in Thessaloniki, and the ancient city of Thessalonica is below the city. There's about two city blocks that's been just cut out. And it's like the, the top of that side, that top of that light down to the floor. That's how low it is. The old city. 
and the, the, the other cities above it. And now this, it's not like a mountain or anything, it's just the regular level. And this is the ancient city, and you've got the, the, the pavements and the stones and the, where, the, where the buildings were, the houses and everything. So my son and I climbed down the ladder, went down on that old city, walking around. In the middle of Thessaloniki, we went to the old Thessalonica, where Paul had walked. It was interesting. And this, and as I walked and looked at it, I said, yeah, Paul came here and preached the gospel. People got saved. Thank you, Lord, and all those kind of things. And then I thought about Demas. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has gone to Thessalonica. And I'm in Thessalonica, and this is where Demas went. And while, and my son was like over there, like, uh, if I'd like to, maybe toward that door over there from me, he was walking around, looking up and down streets, and I was over here walking. And I just said out loud, not to him, not to anybody, just to me. We, we're the only two down in that walking area. I said, Demas, you, you gave up God for this? It was like a blow to me. It's in the Bible. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. This was the world that he gave it up for right here. I'm looking at it. Because it's the ancient world. And there's nothing there. And what you see today around us is one day going to be nothing. Abraham, look for that city. Praise the Lord, folks. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your trust in God. We're only passing through. We're not going to be here forever. Praise the Lord. We may go or the Lord may come. Either way, we're going to be with him. Praise the Lord. But one day we'll walk streets of gold. It may not be gold. Praise the Lord. It may be. But whatever it is, is something better than gold. Whatever it is that we'll walk on. Praise the Lord. Because the Bible talks about the streets of gold. I guess that's the greatest thing you could describe it to be. Streets of gold. And somebody says, is it a real city of gold? I don't know. But if it's not gold, it's something much better. And, and the Bible uses gold to describe it. Gates of pearls. You know, is it real gates of pearls? I don't know. But if it's not, it's something that's going to be more precious than pearls. I'm just trying to say, praise the Lord, God has something wonderful for us. And all of these things are working in today. That's why when you witness to people and you testify to them, that's what's going on today in our world all around us. People are, God's people is working. Praise the Lord. And they're testifying because we're only passing through, but we're sharing it with others and others are being saved. Just like uh, this, uh, Andrew Urshan was going through Eastern Europe and he was sharing it all as he went and those people received it and they passed it along to their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren even to this day. Joel Urshan is his great-grandson, incidentally. You know, but Joel is, he's been here and his, his father uh, which was a son, a grandson. They're carrying on the gospel. And so it is over there. So it is here. But many of you, praise the Lord, you've got uh, your fathers or mothers were saved and they pass along to you. Or your grandchildren are saved and they're, they're going on with the word of God. I'm just trying to say here, folks, we're only passing through. Let's not lose what God has given us. Hallelujah. This is the greatest thing in the world. There's nothing in the world that can compare to it. And so we say to, to the world, just like uh, Israel said to those two nations, to Edom and to the Amorites, we just want to go through. That's all. We won't touch nothing that is important to you. We just want to go through. Praise the Lord because God has got something greater on the other side for us.
I wonder if we could just stand and give God the praise right now and just thank him for God's goodness and his glory. Oh, Lord, you're so good to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we love you with all of our heart. God bless your people, Lord. Be with us. Be with your people every day. Help us through every trial, every test. Every time the world bucks up against us and tries to do your people harm, we ask you, God, to be with your people and help us, Lord, to get through this old world, Lord, and be ready to go when you come back, Jesus. We know you're coming soon. You said, if I go away, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And we believe you, Lord, for it. We believe you. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. And everybody said, praise the Lord.